listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 330. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we return to our sci-fi roots with the YouTube series Impulse. And uh, I really like it. Uh, Hopefully you like it. I guess we'll find out in the course of this discussion. Yeah, well, you know, I always like a pilot that just calls itself pilot. I like it's the unpretentious yeah, nature of that, that? and uh, certainly the not 100% confident nature of that. So, uh, you know, a good start there. <clears throat> yeah, good. Um, all right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll keep the chit chat to a minimum. And, you know, as always, if you guys want to contact us with some episode feedback questions comments whatever the email is sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or you can go to the website leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab which you can find i believe it's on the left side of the page the the downside there is you can only record in 90 second increments of course you can record your own audio clip the way fred does each week and send us the attachment as an mp3 but we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and get into the discussions there Now, this isn't really news, but I think we need to address this because I know you are faced with a pretty big moral dilemma this week. And, you know, we don't talk a whole lot about moral and ethics here on the show, but the Ravens are traveling to Buffalo this weekend. (laughs) So I I just got to know. I mean, uh, you know. Are, are you purple? I'm, I'm purple. For for I am I am Ravens okay. is always my number one team. Absolutely, I still love the Bills. I still want them to do well, um, and they are this year. They're having a, an amazing year. Uh, watching them beat the Dallas Cowboys while not making up for losing to them twice in the Super Bowl, it still was nice to see. You know, um, yeah, but. Uh, you know, I got I'm I'm a I'm a Baltimore kid, you know, I was born here and everything, so um yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ravens on this. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be happy about this. I'm not gonna wallow in the uh in, in the Bills inevitable defeat. And and the Bills are gonna be in the playoffs and you never know what can happen there. But uh but yeah. Still purple all the way. Yeah. Well they 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 have a tough schedule ahead. But uh, they are in a good position to make the playoffs. So, all right. Well, that's good to hear. I I thought you would say that. Now, for my uh, tip of the week, what I'm watching, I've mentioned this the last several weeks, but I've watched through episode eight of Apple TV Plus's For All Mankind, the the alternate history space drama that follows NASA's moon landing and, and, you know, the Russians getting there first. But it really is good. I'm really enjoying it. And I've heard some criticism about it. But what I really like is that it really hones in on the human cost of being in the space program, whether as an astronaut, an engineer, a custodian, a husband, a wife, a child. And, you know, there, there's a high cost associated with this so i i'm I'm really digging it the the acting is great and it's getting to the point there are two episodes left in the season and honestly only seven episodes have been made available to people that have apple tv plus but as i mentioned i think last week i have screeners for all 10 so i don't 
don't think I'm going to be able to wait. I, uh, my wife is really into it, so I'm pretty certain we're going to watch episodes nine nice. and ten tonight. But 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 the other thing, it also addresses sexuality choices and and the cost that goes along with with making certain decisions in 1974. Uh, obviously, this is not. Uh, 2019 and then of course gender issues where women are really just starting to make their presence felt and to be accepted but they still have a long way to go so uh you know if you have apple tv plus for all mankind i uh, don't think you'll be cool. disappointed all right what do you got well i got a couple I, I was thinking about talking about man in the high castle but i still have one more episode to go i have the very last one to go i've been kind of just Taking my time getting through, I actually went back and watched last season. So I'll report in on it next week because I still have to watch the last episode. But the one good thing about Disney, well, there's a lot of good things. There's a ton of things great about Disney Plus that I really like. My daughter likes, she has 24-7 access to Frozen now. Well, I mean, she had that before, but it's that much easier. She doesn't have to look for the DVD anymore. She can just dial it up on Disney Plus. But uh, so I, I went back and was checking out a couple uh, old Disney movies that I remember from when I was a kid. And I think, oh, I already talked about Computer War Tennis Shoes, didn't I? You did. did I? Damn it. All right. Well, erase all that stuff I just talked about. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just realized as I started talking about it, like, oh, wait, I think I talked about this last week. Okay. Here's what I really want to talk about. Um, okay. So, Dave, I, I went and I did it. I made the commitment. I, I I bucked up my courage and I stopped watching Walking Dead. Nice. Okay. About about a month ago, and it's no coincidence that it happened about the same time that you know Catherine the Great and um, you know his Dark Materials and The Man in the High Castle. All these shows were coming out and. Suddenly, I found that I'd actually rather watch Watchmen two or three times than watch Walking Dead once. And I think I've said that before, but I still was struggling with it. And then I just said, you know, I, I don't, I don't care to watch it. It's the, there's nothing that right now that is inspiring me to want to watch it. The last couple times I watched it, it felt like I didn't really enjoy it, so I just stopped. And that's, uh, you know, been pretty liberating. I, I, I just like a, uh, you know, like a breakup from a long relationship or something, you know, like there are, is some regret there. There's some remembrance of what it was like in the beginning, how nice it was in the beginning, but also understanding that it's really just time to move on and that we were just kind of like wasting our time together. So Cool. So Walking Dead, as I say in the words of Eleven, I dump your ass. All right. Uh, you know, I, as I said, I'm still behind on Watchmen. Um, I'm up to date on his dark materials. Still really loving that. Uh, you know, it really gets to me that I got to wait a week to get the next installment. But Armored Bear, right? Yeah. Got to love the Armored Bear. I told you, man. Uh, York Bernison's the best. Yeah, and, and this Armored Bear in particular, but really liking the way the story is evolving. And yeah, again, it's one of those shows that uh, I'm certainly glad I gave it a second episode because the first, well, I liked it, but 
All right. Well, I understand giving up a show. I never finished The Leftovers, and, and I know that is one that you still feel I need to get back and watch the end of that, but it just got so depressing. Dude, I, I know. Just, whenever you say that, yeah. I just can't believe it. You know? Know, which is worse, that I haven't seen oh, that or that I haven't seen Deadpool? They're both pretty bad, but I think it might actually be worse that you watched. I mean, did you watch the first two seasons or just the first season? Oh, no, the first two. And then you you, yeah. you ditch the leftovers. Yeah. I, I, I've that, only not seen the finale. That is, That's all. I've seen everything except the season finale or the series finale. I'm, I know. The what? I know. Oh, I thought maybe you're talking about the whole season. You just haven't watched the finale? Yeah. Dude. Dave. All right. I'll oh, get, my God. I know. That's that's less of a commitment than Deadpool, so I, I can probably handle that at some point. But uh, all right. Well, anyway, let's get to the topic of discussion for tonight, and that is the YouTube series Impulse, which dropped on June 6, 2018. They're using the Netflix model, and YouTube, like everybody else in the United States, is getting into the streaming service business. This is episode one, a season of eight episodes season two which is already out also has eight episodes i want to take a minute to talk about some of the origins because the series is based on the same premise as the 2008 film jumper in which people who discover they can teleport encounter an existing history of those that have the ability and of course the faction that wants to eliminate them i don't know if you saw the movie i i did see it way back when but i barely remember it i'm gonna have to get out and watch it again yeah you know i feel like but then now you just talked about i'm like i'm not so sure i've seen that yeah now doug lyman directed the movie and he is executive producer on impulse lauren lefranc is the current showrunner and the film was very loosely based on the 1992 science fiction novel Jumper by Stephen Gould, which was tonally closer to the show, which is named for the third novel in Gould's trilogy, which was written in 2013. So, you know, they both explore the idea of initially using teleportation to escape trauma. But, uh, of course, like any ability sooner or later the government and the military want to get involved and you know always in the background we've got that enemy who who wants to control these people that have the ability so in terms of background that that i think gives you a a pretty good overview of where the series impulse is coming from so as you were saying before we went on the air you, you you love a pilot that's titled pilot it it shows a certain level of humility, I think. Yes, lack of pretension as well. Um, yeah. Heck, even Lost did it. Pilot part one, pilot part two. Gotta love it. So this yeah. one, the story was written by Jeffrey Lieber. Teleplay, Jeffrey Lieber and Jason Horowitz and Gary Spinelli, directed by Doug Lyman. And, you know, there are a lot of things that come out in this episode and it really does lay the groundwork and it's framed by some characters that we only see them at the beginning and the end of the episode. And of course, right. I think most people are going to immediately recognize Keegan Michael Key yes, as one of the two guys fighting as they teleport back and forth between a subway car 
and an ice flow in the Arctic, although I guess it could be the Antarctic. I'm not sure I know the actual difference, but one of the- place super cold. Yeah, one of the polar regions for sure. And then one guy finally gets left out on the ice. And, you know, that is uh, Keegan-Michael Key's character. And you see- KSK, I know. Yeah, he's got this Hawaiian shirt. Uh, He's got one shoe missing. He's not doing well. We don't know what it's all about, but we do know that these two dudes are teleporting and that there's... Well, no, just the one. Well, Keegan-Michael Key is not. Well, we don't know. He gets stuck there. Well, well, right. But, um, I mean, there's a lot we don't know why he's stuck there. And, and again, I, I, I might as well mention now, I think I mentioned it last week, but maybe not. I've seen... The entire season one and um, up to date on season two, they release season two all at once if you are a YouTube premium subscriber, which I am not. Otherwise, every Wednesday, they make another episode free. So currently, the first seven episodes of season two are free. All of season one is free. So, um, okay. so, I- so yeah, because it, it was Really confusing at first, um, but obviously, if you've seen it and you said that he's a travel, he can travel, that he can. I mean, clearly, Keegan Michael Key wasn't hired to die in episode one. You know, like you don't get a guy like that and then kill him off after maybe you know two minutes of screen time. So we know he gets off of that. You know, how is is. A big question because it seems like he's, you know, doesn't really have at this point. It, you know, I wasn't sure whether he was jumping or not, or whether he was just grabbing the other guy and would go where the other guy went when the other guy jumped or something. I don't know. It was just really confusing at first. Okay, and, and like often happens with you, you have to be very cautious about what you say. Because so many of the shows we've talked about, you you end up binging them, and I try to stick to the one right. one a week. So. This is so funny how now it's totally switched around now because I don't know what's going to happen, right. and you've seen it all, so this right. is weird. Right now, you know, there, there's a warning at the beginning of the episode, and then there's another uh, slide that comes up at the end because clearly the central character Henry Coles must now deal with the trauma associated with sexual assault. And yeah, that's, it's certainly a difficult scene to watch. Now we watch as she has to deal with it, but what does it have to do with her ability to teleport? And, and that is of course central to episode one and, and, and certainly the beginning of season one. So, you know, we're introduced to Henry, who's this, this certainly this, this loner figure, but you know, even before we get to them, and, and this is a difficult episode to break down into sections the way we usually do, because, of course, everything's interrelated. And I guess you could argue that most of the stuff we talk about ha- has that sort of a, a plot development. But I want to talk about the Boone family first because clearly starting off those guys huh yeah because clearly her incident with clay is the trigger for what happens you know sure throughout most of the episode but we learn early on that her 
his father owns the local car dealership and it doesn't take long to figure out this is kind of a small town he's a big deal in this small town and they're smuggling drugs inside door panels and other cavities in the automobiles and while in and of itself that's not a shock that somebody's running a drug smuggling business when we are at the basketball practice scene and bill boone tells the sheriff that one of his drug trucks is missing and the cop says yeah don't worry i'll take care of it we know that this conspiracy runs pretty deep so now we have to question everything about the police force well not everything because the woman seems to be legit right but this dude is definitely corrupt as all get out and um he seems to be i don't know if he's the chief but he seems to be like a a a, a superior in the in the police organization to uh the woman right and we'll talk about uh, deputy anna hulche in, in a second because that's to whom you're referring but at school in the morning, you know, we see Henry. She's got the ubiquitous stocking cap pulled down, her big headphones. And one of the jocks hits on her in the hallway and asks her if she wants to go to the game that Friday. And I don't know about you, but at first, I thought maybe he was just messing with her. I mean, look, Henry's attractive, but she's almost deliberately making herself a little bit unattractive. You know what I mean? Well, she's yeah. I mean, you you see these kids all the time. Um, there was a lot, and we we always kind of nitpick on depictions of high school right. life. And there's a lot of impulse that's just awful and just so terribly wrong. But Henry is a pretty legit character. You get kids like her all the time who, and both boys and girls who are you know to have are just kind of alone on their own do their own thing they they dress their own way um and they have their own thing and and that she definitely is that uh type of kid and they're generally not the type of kid that the you know the really popular kids you know want to be a part of you know you're right it seems like we, we we wonder why like you know this jocks at first he seems almost kind of nice and you know like she keeps saying i keep shut you know shutting you down and and you keep trying he's like i am gonna keep trying you know so it's not really threatening at that point you know he just seems like a a kid who's you know interested in this girl and they're from opposite ends of the social spectrum but um you know yeah only in tv yeah and then we get that great scene where she's smoking weed in the bathroom during the pep rally and of course, we make the connection that this jock is Clay Boone, who is big man on campus, star of the basketball team. And, and, you know, I mentioned the basketball practice scene with the sheriff. But what also comes out is that dad is quite the taskmaster and, and smacks his kid in the parking lot because he didn't think he was working hard enough in practice, which on the one hand, Okay, good for you, Dad, that that you're pushing him to be better, but I don't think you needed to smack him on the back of the head. Well, I mean, just the fact that Dad – I mean, Dad shows up to practice. He's screaming at his kid during practice. He doesn't 
I don't think he's the coach, right? He's just in the bleachers yelling at his son. Right, but I think, and you know, you and I, who've both coached for a long time, would never allow that to happen. That said, this is not Columbia, Maryland, or Clarksville, Maryland, where where we're from. Uh, This is a small town where Bill Boone is a big man in town, and that if Bill Boone wants something, apparently Bill Boone gets it. So if he wants to attend practice and yell at his kid, the coach is going to let him do it. But that meeting that Henry has earlier in the hallway when Clay asks her to go to the game, well, now she uses it to her advantage because her, and I want to say her parents, but her mother, and it's not even her stepfather yet. It's the man with whom her mother is living. They've decided that they're going to sell her car because, A, and we'll talk about the seizures in a minute, she's not going to be able to drive for, it sounds like, three years, but She's also a graffiti artist, and she's got a bill to pay. So her car gets sold. Well, there's only one place that your car ends up if it gets sold in this town. So she tracks Clay down and asks for his help. I need to steal a car. And again, it's a great scene because he's looking at her like, all right, you know, I see the way you dress. I see the way you are, you know, uh, but have you ever stolen a car before? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have. (laughs) And what she she wants him to do is, of course, they go to the car dealership and he steals the paperwork, gets her keys, and we see he's got an older brother. So I I just need, at this point, I need to point out that Henry, early on, is not okay as a character. Like, the first time I watched this, I was like, you know what? I don't think I like her very much at all. And this is a big reason because she's just totally using Clay to, you know, like before she just was ignored him <clears throat> and shut him down. But now that she needs something, now all of a sudden she's using that to her advantage. So and I'm, I'm absolutely not saying she gets what she deserves. I'm not insinuating that at all. I'm just saying I don't think it's okay what she's doing here. You know, it's not just like innocent. And also it's her basically not owning the consequences of her actions, you know? Like, she gets caught spray painting. First, she's just getting a fine instead of getting arrested. She says she'll pay it, but she has no ability to pay it. And she gets pissed when the parents sell her car. That they, so in order to pay for her fine, you know? She's like, my big problem with her early on is like this complete lack of accountability. Now, of course, that changes once she gets assaulted, Right, and that now the the almost zero sympathy I had for her early on completely flips when after Clay uh, assaults her. Well, right, and and I agree with everything you're saying. I think though, as the episode unfolds, and certainly as the season unfolds, and we learn more about Henry's backstory, and we even get some of it in this episode, in which we learn that her mother apparently drags her from man to man and they're moving every six months or so so you know maybe i'm making an excuse for her to use this as a defense mechanism maybe she sees clay as somebody that epitomizes everything she's against doesn't make it right i i agree with you for me it makes it a little more 
understandable and I can accept it a little more from her. But that said, well, yeah, well, you have you you have the advantage of of seeing her more. But well, I'm just saying at this point, early, especially early on, she's not like an attractive character at all. I don't mean physically attractive. I mean just like I look at her and like I I I don't know if they're they're trying this way or it's just they did a really crap job of eliciting sympathy for her early. You know, yeah. cuz she just seems like kind of like a whiny teenager who gets in trouble and then can't accept the consequences when she does get in trouble. Well, well that's true, but I do um, I do at, think at we, first. Right, but I do think we learned that her mother has been moving from man to man and that, right. that Thomas is But but again, that seemed again in the context, especially the time just like that seems like a little bit of exaggeration on her part, you know, like saying, "Oh, we we go every 6 months and everything." But but yeah, obviously that that's problematic, you know. Also of of that, and she's being constantly uprooted. She can't establish relationships with anyone. Um, so why bother? Why even if she is interested in Clay, why why should she bother getting interested? Why should she bother starting a relationship with the young man when she knows she's going to be gone in a couple months anywhere? She's pretty sure she will. Right, and, and that's one of the things that I really love about this series, and, and it certainly gets the ball rolling in this episode, the relationship she has with her mother, the relationship she has with Jenna, who a lot of the kids at school just assume they're stepsisters, which they're not because the, the parents aren't married, but they, they live together. They're apparently the same age, go to the same high school. Uh, Jenna with her father, uh, her father, Jenna's father, Thomas, with with Henry, and, and you know, trying to be the authority figure, and that tension that just resides there. But we see some things in this episode that I think are really telling. But again, before we get there, this critical scene after Clay helps Henry get her car back, and she parks it in. I guess some sort of a trailer park. I'm not sure how she had that picked out, but she parks it, gets back in his truck. And, you know, we're thinking, all right, something's going to happen between these two. We know he likes her. She kind of appears to like him when he pulls a joint from the glove box. Well, we know she's into that, but he asks her, why are you always alone? And, and, of course, it's something that we do recognize early on in this episode. But then they start making out, and at the beginning, he's into it. But obviously, this is a situation where she is crystal clear when she says, yeah. that's enough, no, stop. Right. And the fact that she was into it at the beginning – doesn't matter and and you know we don't want to no. turn this into a huge discussion about that but she's crystal clear yeah they, they couldn't make it any more clear that that yeah she was you know so again <clears throat> i shouldn't condemn her 100 percent for as i said using clay because you know she kisses him back so she's probably like okay she does have some interest in this guy and you know but it definitely becomes not okay quick and like you said, she makes it more than clear that he's crossed the line and he just keeps crossing it. And, you know, and like you said, if, if what had happened didn't happen, he probably would have raped her. Yes. 
the, you know, so the the Boone family is just as bad as as it can get, and you know you can tell me all about this kid's and how mean his dad is to him and everything like that. But uh, you know that is absolutely zero excuse for what he tries. Well, he does. I mean, he he does put his hand down her pants. So that's right. That's that's assault there, you right. know. Yeah. Just because he didn't uh, get all the way what he was trying to do doesn't make it right or, or okay. Right, right. The fact that she wanted to kiss him and a little bit of light making out, nothing wrong with that. But she made it clear that was it. He was going too far. She didn't feel comfortable. So what happens then is, as you said, he is he is going to rape her. There's really no indication he's willing to stop or intends to stop when she starts having a seizure the truck implodes and she teleports to her bedroom along with a piece of the truck i think it ends up i think it's the door of the truck it must the be door. the, the yeah. passenger door she's physically okay but disoriented frightened doesn't know what the hell just happened and hides the door that she's got this you know little storage space up in her loft and she hides it in there and then of course like so many teenagers her mother you know uh later what's going on up there yeah and then wants to have it out with her about cutting school starts grilling her and and uh she tells her mother she doesn't know how she got here and and of course that's a big part of this episode is that who can Henry confide in? Because now right. she's got the trauma of the rape and the trauma of what the hell just happened when yeah. I was in a truck one second and in my bedroom with the car door the next. So, you know, she doesn't really know what happened, but her mother and and Thomas, Jenna's father, they see that damage to her room and, you know, we later see Thomas actually sees the car door, you know, later even covers for her. We'll talk about that in a second. But she just doesn't know what's going on. And then we find out that Clay is in the hospital with a spinal fracture. And, you know, again, you and I have been through a student being in a serious car accident, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. uh a student killed sometimes just very badly injured. So we know what it's like. And and we see that in this small school, it's a small town. This, the school is probably nowhere near as, as big as, as our school, but Henry comes down to breakfast and assumes the family's quiet because of something about her. But uh, of course it, it, it isn't. And it's because of what happened to clay yeah, and, and I actually thought that that scene in the school was one of the few, like, authentic-seeming or looking scenes uh, from the, the high school perspective here. Because, yeah, like you said, we, you know, as a – if you're a teacher, you, you go through these things. You know, you know students – every once in a while you have a student die, and it really affects the whole school. And you can see the kids are – there's always this kind of quiet – lull about the school and kids are crying and 
um, you know, hugging each other a lot and everything. So that struck me as, as being pretty authentic. But pretty much everything else about the high school in this show is not authentic. Well, right. And, and the question then becomes what information is going to be coming out? Because at this point, no one at the school associates Henry with uh, Clay's accident. And and at this point, they really can't explain. They've got all sorts of uh, hypotheses. But Clay's brother has put two and two together because he, you know, saw Clay with her and, and you know, getting the paperwork and the keys. So he confronts Henry and thinks she knows more than she's telling, which, uh, of course, she does. She and, does. She and, totally and, does. And again, that scene when she gets in the car with Jenna because Jenna has to drive her to school because Henry can't drive and doesn't have a car anymore. And he starts following them. And of course, he's got a Mustang and and he's driving very fast. And poor Jenna's just freaking out as Henry's like, drive faster, drive faster. And, you know, eventually she just spins out and fortunately doesn't hit anything, but it, it... causes them to stop henry just says you know what i'm gonna go handle this with him you go home i was a little surprised jenna just drove away and left her there but i don't you know that bond between the two girls is not quite there yet right it's it's there it's just not quite there right yeah um well she tells her jenna to go and to get help um but yeah, you think Joe would say, "Well, why don't I just stay here and make sure like he doesn't like stuff you in the trunk or something like that?" Yeah, I you mean, know. they have cell phones, Which right? Is what happens? Uh, yeah, true. So yeah, I don't, I don't know why she didn't use her cell phone or something. I don't know, but you know, like um, you know, the brother—I can't remember his name—but he um. You know, he doesn't at first he, he he's just like listen i just want to talk you know so he's coming off like well he's very confrontational obviously he's there waiting at school the he runs the car down basically um and then you know when he finally gets a chance to quote unquote talk to her um he gets right up in her face and then he shoves her into the trunk of his car so three for three on the boone family asshole asshole yeah. asshole well, throwing her in the trunk, though, does give us episode two because, you know, she's in there screaming, pounding away as he drives, and he returns to the dealership, immediately tells all the workers to to just leave, and the one guy just kind of taking his time. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, you got legs, use them faster. But she seizes again. The trunk implodes, and she's back in her room. So at this point, right. which is funny because Jenna gets home, and and Henry's coming down the stairs to meet her. Right. So, so Jenna is a total believer, obviously at this point. Well, and, and that's the great thing about this episode. What is it she believes? Because for us and for Henry, we can now see these are two extremely stressful situations where she could arguably say she was frightened for her life. She has a seizure and ends up in the same place both times. So make of that what you will at this point. 
the idea of teleportation is not even registering with her. She doesn't know what the hell is going on. But you know, I, I got a, I really got a feeling that she controlled it a little bit this time. You know, that she kind of brought like, you know, like when she was in the trunk, yes, she's in a very stressful situation, but it wasn't that the exigency of that stressful situation like with Clay, where the, the situation is happening right now. Yeah, it sucks she's in the trunk, but right now she's just in the trunk. You know, like that threat is not right there in her face. It's It seemed like she kind of like calmed herself a little bit uh, before she made it happen. So okay. um, I don't, again, I don't know if that's the case or anything, but I, I get the feeling like she's starting to get an idea of, of what's going on. And certainly if she says to Jenna, I can tr- teleport from one place to another. Jenna's going to be like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, at, at the least, Jenna knows something out of the ordinary is going on here. And, and, you know, we'll learn more about Jenna as the series progresses. And especially from an intellectual student standpoint with her and i'll I'll just leave it at that for now but you know we've mentioned the local cops and and you brought up the tech uh, i keep wanting to call her detective deputy anna halche who does seem to be the only honest cop that we see in in this first episode and and of course she's the one that brings henry home at at 2 a.m when she catches her spray painting and again it's a great scene because henry's just kind of walking away from her and it's like you know you're going to get tired before I run out of gas and releases her to her parents again, tells her that, you know, you're, you're going to have to pay for the damage. But before she leaves, she tells Henry, she knows what it's like to be an outsider. And from the little we've seen in episode one, yeah, we know exactly what she's talking about. A black woman police officer in what appears to be maybe a rednecky kind of town. Again, I think from the little bit we've seen, well, it's, it's New York redneck though, but such okay. things do exist. Yeah. Well, New York state, not, not New York city. Right. Yeah. Right. It's New York state, but there are some very rural parts of New York state. You don't really picture it because when you say New York, everyone imagines, you know, New York city, but you know New York's a really big state, and especially the uh, the uh, southwestern part of the state has some pretty uh, open areas and some pretty rural areas. Right now, I don't know about you. I, I found it a little bit odd because Henry gets Jenna to drive her back to where she left Clay in the truck in that trailer park, and it's now night and when they were there earlier it was what maybe three four in the afternoon at the latest and it's because like right after school right yeah and he is apparently still in the truck because she goes up and looks and kind of screams calls 911 and that's how the police come on the scene so i don't know if this is an abandoned trailer park that nobody lives there or that it's a trailer park and nobody can be bothered to say anything about the you know, damaged hey, truck. Bob, with a, someone dumped a, another damaged truck in their backyard. Ah, right. Now, <laughs> the sheriff who we'd seen earlier at the basketball practice has arrested a suspect, but 
Officer Halche and us, we, we know something's off about this whole incident. And we're wondering, are they just bringing in a patsy? Is this, you know, their version of Lee Harvey Oswald that he's going to be the fall guy for this incident? And then we oh, ask. So, Dave, you are a multiple shooter believer, apparently. Then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, is this a case of the sheriff simply wanting the case to go away because on the one hand, they've got bigger issues at play, which is a missing tractor trailer of drugs and small town right. or not uh, when drugs go missing, chances are money goes missing and there's always somebody above you in that food chain. That's not going to be happy. So, uh, you know, that's, we're trying to figure out why does he want to just close this case so closely and you know uh, of course hall chase seems to be a good detective i mean in, in this case investigating a, a crime so we figure it's only a matter of time until she gets back to henry but before that we see jenna's father thomas and he finds the truck door hidden in the storage space and then when the deputy comes and wants to talk to Henry's mother, he covers for her and says she was with them all night long. So why does he do yeah. that, do you think? That, that is a mystery. And how he does it is awful. <clears throat> not awful. I mean, it's just like, like uh, not skillfully, I guess is what I mean. Um, the cop says, yeah, uh, you know, Henry called 911. It's her number. He's like, Nah, it, it couldn't be. She was here. Like, so you're saying what? You know, yeah. because it's not like it's some random number that mistakenly was put. It, Jenna called 911 or Henry called 911, you know, straight up. So the, the lie is just going to be compounded. Right. You know, then with this evidence that's here. Right. Now, um, I guess I always look at it like he's in love with her mother. It's a good way to protect the family that he hopes will eventually happen if he ends up marrying Henry's mother. So, you know, or does he simply want to wait and hear Henry's side of the story? Distrust of the police? Don't know. But yeah, it's, he's not a very good liar, I think is kind of what you were getting at is that that right yeah so. what i thought was especially when he found the door is he's probably thinking oh shit you know i bill boone's gonna come after us you know so you know what i and again i, I don't have really like a ton of evidence i'm just trying to imagine what i might be thinking like first of all like wait why is this truck door here and it's like, oh, is this the truck door from the kid's truck? Why is that here? And, you know, you might be even more worried because this guy seems pretty threatening and imposing in this small town. You know, it, it might be where you cross this guy and, and, you know, that things get really tough for you then. Right. Now, one of my favorite characters in the series is this young student that's uh, again henry and jenna's age named towns 
And I don't know if you noticed the actor's name, Daniel Mislani, and he is Tatiana Mislani's brother. He is just great. And we get this classroom scene. And again, I know what you're going to say, because we always talk about the realism of of classroom scenes. I don't know that this one was totally out of the realm of possibility, but Henry's asleep. It was pretty far out of the realm. Okay, now I it think... It was pretty... No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, probably from the teacher's end of it more than Henry's end, because right. Henry's asleep and Towns disrupts the class because someone took one of his pens. And you know, it doesn't take us long to figure out that, all right, there's something about Towns. And, and I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I don't think this is a well, huge... He's on the spectrum, for sure. Uh, yes, he, he is autistic. And the teacher is totally not understanding. How can the teacher not know what Towns yeah. is dealing with? Tells him to sit down. You've got right. other pens. Just deal with it. Henry wakes up and challenges the teacher with the news that he really doesn't have his doctorate, even though he insists on being addressed that way, <laughs> which, go Henry. But it's his reaction. And, of course, we recognize him as well. I think his name is Christian Bruner. It's Donnie. Yeah, yeah. Do- Donnie Hendricks from Orphan Black grabs her arm to escort her out when she has a seizure. So this is now the third seizure that we've seen. And while the first two, she was under extreme duress. Grabbing her. This was the first one we saw. Well, right, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. It's the third we're talking about. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, And she has this seizure. And what towns notices is, that objects begin moving as she's seizing. And now Towns makes it his mission to do as much research about seizures as possible. And it's just one of the most delightful pairings in in the whole series, the, uh, the two of them, because they're just so opposite yet. They're, they're just drawn together. Right. And, you know, if you have a secret ability, Towns might not be the number one guy to confide in. Like, he's going to be super helpful in getting information to you, but there's a slight chance that he's just going to blurt some shit out like he does when the girl is collecting money. Um, You know, so, you know, he he does that not great on keeping on the DL. No, that that's true. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. Now, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the mother's relationship with Henry and, you know, going from guy to guy. And, and Henry even mentions, you know, one time we had to leave in the middle of the night. And, and, and the mother tells her that your father is not the person that you think he is. And again, we know why the mother is doing that, because she probably feels Henry harbors some feelings that the father leaving is somehow the mother's fault. And, uh, of course, at this point, we have no way of knowing really what happened to uh, you know, break the family up. But I think that is certainly a piece of foreshadowing that you'll want to hold on to as we move forward into the series. 
that scene, you know, we talked about Henry now not only having to cope with the teleporting, but having to to uh, cope with what happened in Clay's truck. And she goes into Jenna's room and we know that their relationship is strained at best. And she just walks in, and, and of course, Jenna's FaceTiming with her friends about prom dresses or something, or homecoming dresses, and her first reaction is about the fact that she didn't knock, and she opens up to Jenna, and how does Jenna react? Puts everything aside well, and, and is there for her. Yeah. And Unlike how we thought she would react, but there's certain things that that even if you don't like a person, you 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 got to back them up on. Yeah, and and I it's just such a great scene. She shows Jenna the car parts, but doesn't know how she got here, and you know that's of course then when they drive to the to the trailer park. So like we said, Jenna's got a lot of information to digest now, and I don't know that she's ready to make the teleportation leap yet. I mean, oh, real. I mean, why would you? Why would you think that at this point? So, I don't know. Now, in terms of the the other thing that you know, probably pretty unbelievable. Although I don't think we ever had, uh, you know, a uh, an official detention room where there was one teacher that was. Uh, manning it and and everybody that had detention would show up because that's what we've got here i, I believe that's uh, saturday school oh saturday school okay like that. um and towns is in there as well as henry for the incident in, in, in class when uh, he freaks out about not having his pen and she calls the teacher out on not having his doctorate and, and yeah, that's like like really parents like first of all a the teacher berated the autistic kid and then gave him detention. Right. And no one's going to say anything about that, parents. Right. Um, he manhandles Henry and she has a seizure. Now, this guy would be on probation quicker than you could say modern educational system. You know, <laughs> Like the fact that he gave both these kids after causing one to have a seizure and berating the autistic kid and then he gives them both detention like what the hell what kind of school system is this what are these parents like if you know if that happened at our school the lawyers would be there before the buses that day <laughs> yes they would yep so now at this point towns is figuring that telekinesis is henry's power because of these objects moving and her reaction you're crazier than I am. I, again, an understandable reaction. I, I love the fact that it just goes over. I mean, not that Towns doesn't understand what she said. It's that he doesn't take offense to it, that he, he understands that it's pretty outlandish, but we, we get the idea that he's a junior scientist, if you will. And, Okay, we're we're going to go with what we know. We're going to take our empirical evidence, our empirical data, and, and we're going to figure out what's going on here. And you know, the problem is, she starts to open up about what happened, but doesn't know what she did. And and so now, 
this little inner circle is forming as she confides in Jenna as well as Towns. And, you know, that, that I don't know if you noticed what Jenna's last name is. Uh, nope. It's right down uh, Washington Irving's uh, wheelhouse. Her, her last name is Hope. And oh. uh, yeah, so okay. uh, without, nice. you know, without digging too deep. But then we get that final scene. Well, you don't have to dig too deep. On that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get that final scene that returns us to those guys we saw in the opening scene. And on that ice flow is the guy in the Hawaiian shirt, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, crawling on the ice, finds a dead body. And then we get that aerial shot that shows us there are a lot of bodies. And yeah. there's a guy in... We assume it's the other guy who's sort of now watching things, teleports to his bathroom, gets in the shower, and the next thing you know, he's in bed with his wife, who says, you left him there with the others? So, clearly, this guy can control where he goes. Clearly, his wife has somewhat of an idea of something that's going on we assume she knows her husband can teleport who are these bodies out on the ice flow who is keegan michael key's character so you you know clearly being able to teleport is not necessarily the safest ability to have at this point i guess is uh the point right and and we get this feeling that there are people out there trying to maybe find, collect, capture, do something, kill uh, the people who do have this ability. Like I said, one thing for sure, you don't, you know, get Keegan-Michael Key and uh, a guy like that. I just, at this moment, I have to say that I think Keegan-Michael Key might be one of the funniest individuals on the face of the earth. He is, he's great. He's just a great actor. He's the, oh my God. Just off the charts funny. You don't get a guy that talented and that well-known to die at the end of your episode one after being in for like two minutes, as I said before. So clearly we're going to see him some more uh, in what capacity. I, you know, I can't really tell. Um, but it certainly seems like, you know, from what the wife says, that he is in some kind of opposing faction to the jumpers. And, um, and we assume, uh, well, I don't, I shouldn't say we, I assume that, you know, soon the jumpers are going to catch some kind of notice of Henry and then she's going to kind of get tied in with this in some way or another. Yeah. And I think the question we also have to ask is that if this guy is collecting other teleporters, like you said, why doesn't Keegan Michael Key simply teleport his way off the ice but also why are you just leaving these people with this ability out here to die so right. got a lot of questions well, at this what point. i thought and it could be wrong but what I, I what i kind of thought was that keegan michael key does not have the ability to jump that that's why he can't leave and that he's some kind of hunter maybe like humans who are aware of jumpers and trying to hunt I, so okay. i don't know all right Cool. All right. Anything else before we get to Fred's feedback? Um, I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred has to say this week, and we'll be right back. 
Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse, Season 1, Episode 1. Just shortly want to come back to last week's podcast. We were talking about his dark materials and I told Wayne that Season 1 and 2 are already filmed because they wanted to have the actress that plays Lyra more or less the same age for the first two seasons so that she didn't age too much. But Wayne concluded that all three seasons were already filmed. And that's not true. The third season is still not filmed. And actually, they are going to wait because in the third book, Lara seems to be much older. And so they will wait till the actress is a little bit older, 15 or 16. And then they will film, hopefully, season three as well. Okay, impulse, first impression. Interesting, the lead actress looks to me as a young version of Amanda Skull, who we know from 12 Monkeys, for instance, especially because of the blonde hair, the very dark and heavy eyebrows, and the bright eyes, although the eyes have a slightly different color. I will post some comparison pictures on the Facebook page. And the second thing is immediately, or not immediately, actually at the end of the episode, when we go back to the ice and we see, a, I think, French-speaking other person that can travel through the world, like Henrietta, a.k.a. Henry, that there are different people who have this ability. And this, this gives me very much a same feeling as in Sense8, which I think is a terrific series. I don't know if you watched Sense8. It's about eight people that have a connection throughout the world and they can perform more or less in each other's body and at a certain point they also see each other, although they are on the other side of the world. I really recommend this series. Of course, I didn't understand the opening scene on the ice and then you get a whole story about Henry. But then at the end, seeing somebody else that's also able to do this spatial transfer, and that gives me a sense 8 feeling. It, it looks like that there will be more people who have this ability. And it seems that the French guy can more or less regulate it a little better than Henry. Another similarity to sense 8 is that the people who experience these phenomena in the beginning, they don't know what is happening to them, and we clearly see that here in Henry. Shortly want to talk about genetics, what a a-hole this Clay Boone is, and his brother is not less a a-hole, and talking about genetics, the father is actually more or less the same. If you see how Bill treats his son Clay, uh, you're not amazed about this, and perhaps it's not genetics. It's always the question, nature or nurture, and here probably both. On the other hand, I think it's very nice of Jenna that she more or less believes Henry and she helps her. It's nice as a Orphan Black fan to see Christian Brune, known from Orphan Black as Donnie, here as Henry's teacher. The other connection to Orphan Black is that Towns Linderman... Henry's more or less, well, perhaps a little autistic classmate is Daniel Maslany, Tatiana Maslany's, the lead actress of Orphan Black, brother. Okay, that was all for the first episode of Impulse. I think I like it. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. 
right. Uh, yeah, I think Fred posted this in the Facebook group. I always say this. I can't remember whether it's in the Facebook group or if it was in a uh, Facebook message to me. But but the visual similarities that the actress that plays Henry, Maddie Hansen, has to a younger Amanda Shaw, who you know we know from 12 Monkeys, and clearly there is that similarity. But the... Uh. Well, I think there is, especially when you look at the pictures. But but the one that really struck me when I first saw this show is that I thought it was the daughter from Mad Men that, to, oh, yeah. to me, there was a lot more visual. And she also plays uh, Sabrina in, in the current uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So, yeah, I, I definitely see the similarities uh, there now he also brings up similarities to the series sensate and you know these unconnected people having the same ability sensate is one of those shows that i'm not again i'm not sure why i never finished it but i, I certainly fred saw enough of it to to know what it is you're asking i, I guess at this point you know what what's established in this episode is that there are teleporters out there the character that we're most closely aligned with at this point clearly can teleport but has no idea what right. it is she's doing so yeah and and sensate the the you know the thing was that there were these people from all over the world and they could kind of you know on a uh, they, you know they could basically share they had like a shared mind kind of these eight people and i don't really get that factor with the jumpers because like you said it doesn't seem like right now that any other jumpers are really aware of henry or that henry is aware of any other jumpers but certainly there are people all around the world who have um these abilities so. Or, or so it would seem. And then, uh, you know, Fred uh, kind of picks up on what you were talking about with the Boone family, and he asks that age-old question, is it nature or nurture, that they're all assholes? Yeah. Uh, you know, Well, he's, he's a geneticist, so, you know, you tell me. You know, the only one, if I had to pick the least of the three, it, it would be the older brother, Lucas, we can't justify him throwing Maddie in the trunk. So that's kind of a deal breaker, but yeah. Or Henry either. Yeah. Do you throw someone named Maddie in the trunk? Too? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Throws Henry <laughs> in the trunk. Um, but uh, yeah. So, well, you know, from, from his perspective though, his brother is in really bad shape. His life might be in danger. Yes. His, you know, Lucas knows that Henry obviously knows something about it. Right. He was, might, she was the last be person to see him. Right. But she was the last person to see him. And she's denying that. Now, she should, ju- if she had just said, yeah, you know, I won my car back. He helped me steal it. And then, you know, that was it. I drove off. All right. Okay. Fine. You know, but she just totally lies and says that no, I that I didn't see him. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then he knows she's she's BS, right? Yeah, of course. So, so, so on on the one hand, stuffing her in the trunk is definitely not okay. 
But on the other hand, this is his brother, right? Sure. And he's clearly upset about what happened to his brother. He's trying to find out what the deal is and what happened to him. Okay. What about an episode grade? I'll give it an A minus. Okay. That's what I'm going with, A minus. The reason, I thought it was a really good, I really liked it. I thought there was a lot of good stuff there. I just think, like I said, in the early part, when they're trying to, like, I know they're trying to say, oh, well, Henry's really edgy and she's a troubled child. But they, I really didn't think they built up a lot of, a lot of sympathy for her until, and, and then, you know, like, you, you don't have to have a girl sexually assaulted to build up sympathy for her. But that's kind of what they did a little bit, you know? Like, because I don't really feel anything for her at first, but then after the attempted rape, well, now, okay, or the the sexual assault, I should say, um, you know, now, obviously, I'm totally on her side now, uh, kind of like Jenna. So, um, you know, maybe they did it purposefully like that, you know? But so that, that was kind of my my beef early on where I'm like, I know you're trying to get me to be sympathetic with this girl, but I'm finding it really hard to. Right. I understand. And, and I think they, they handle this whole situation with the assault, you know, really well. It is part of the storyline. Could they have found another way for her to be in a, uh, you know, life or death situation? Yeah, I guess, uh, of course they could have, but you know, I, I think it is a social issue. And, and again, I know how many times do I say I, I wish my shows didn't have a lot of social commentary in them. But that said, I think they've done this this really well. And, and it certainly is, you know, an important issue. And yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, why don't we leave this discussion at this point? And that's going to do it. For this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, I want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Impulse, uh, Dark. If you have any final thoughts on Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, we'd love to hear what those are. Encourage you to join the Facebook group. If you're already a member, you can bring other people aboard. Emails go to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails can go via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to discuss Impulse Season 1, Episode 2, titled State of Mind. But until then. So, Dave, you know, you, you, you've already seen all these episodes. And, you know, like, you keep trying to tell me what, what's going to happen next. I just have to keep saying, never mind, Hotshot. I don't want to know. 